Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Friday, December 7th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today we'll be looking at a turbulent day for global markets, the fallout from the arrest of Huawei's finance chief, and we look back at a difficult week for Prime Minister Theresa May's Brexit deal. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. Hi, I'm Robin Wheelsworth. I'm the U.S. Marks Editor at the Financial Times. It was an incredibly turbulent day for U.S. markets on Thursday. The S&P tumbled on opening and fell as much as 2.9% by lunch. However, the S&P 500 managed to stage a pretty dramatic comeback in the afternoon and ended the day only slightly down. The Nasdaq index, which had fallen over 3% at one point, actually managed to end the day in positive territory. Treasury yields, which had rallied, pushing yields down, actually ended up only falling two basis points of the day for the 10-year yield, showing that at least Marcus managed to find the footing at the end of a pretty rocky day. There have been broad concerns that 2018 is as good as it will get for the US economy. Growth is starting to slow somewhat and interest rate increases are starting to bite. That is one of the things that's been freaking out financial markets periodically throughout the year. Globally as well, the economic picture is starting to look a little bit dimmer than it did at the start of the year. And the trigger for this sell-off seems to be in the arrest of Huawei CEO in Canada, which investors worry will flare up the trade tensions between Beijing and D.C. That arrest happened last weekend, but it was only made public on Wednesday. Huawei's chief financial officer, Meng Wanzhou, was arrested in Canada. Ms. Meng is also the daughter of Huawei's founder, Ren Zhengfei. And now, the Chinese government is demanding her release. She was arrested by Canadian officials, who said the U.S. was seeking her extradition. U.S. authorities pursued Ms. Meng in a probe relating to attempts by Huawei to sell U.S.-made equipment to Iran. That would violate U.S. sanctions against Iran. The U.S. has had its sights on Huawei for months. Officials suspect the technology company is allowing Chinese security services to penetrate foreign networks. Huawei denies those charges. The arrest happened on the same day that U.S. President Donald Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping met at the G20 in Buenos Aires. And it comes as trade tensions between China and the U.S. grow. Shares in Chinese telecoms and other electronic suppliers fell on the news of Ms. Meng's arrest. We're heading into the last weekend before a key parliamentary vote on Brexit. On Tuesday, MPs will vote on Prime Minister Theresa May's withdrawal treaty with the EU. Right now, things don't look too good for the Prime Minister's deal. The FT's political correspondent, Henry Mance, has been watching the reaction to the deal from Westminster. It's been another big and difficult week for Theresa May. She's lost three Brexit-related votes in the House of Commons. And we're now in the build-up to a vote on Tuesday on her Brexit plan. It's potentially very, very risky for her if she loses it. And at the moment, she's on course to lose it by a very big margin. And there are also sort of two big ideas floating around. One is to delay the vote by at least a couple of days giving the Prime Minister the chance to go to a European summit and argue with other European leaders that she needs more, that they need to give more ground, particularly on the question of the Northern Irish backstop, which is the insurance policy which keeps Northern Ireland much closer to the EU than the rest of the UK. And the other big idea floating around was a government-backed proposal 
which would basically give Parliament another say on this matter in 2020 on the Northern Irish backstop. So it's an attempt to assure Eurosceptics in particular that Parliament, if it really doesn't like this insurance policy, might be able to find an alternative in the future. So we're going to see over the next couple of days whether that's sufficient. If not, we're in very uncharted territory and there are other plan Bs that the Prime Minister's already ruled out. She's shown herself to be flexible in the past, so it remains to be seen if she loses that vote on Tuesday, whether she then goes back on her word and perhaps proves more flexible than she led us to believe. Hello. Hey, Alex, can you hear me? Hi, yes. Yes, I can. Hey. Hi. The FT's Alex Barker has been watching the situation from Brussels. And so you've put together sort of four different possibilities if the withdrawal treaty fails in Parliament when they vote on December 11th. One possibility is that either side could issue a clarification. What does that mean? That's right. I mean, this is used in plenty of negotiations around the world where one party has a particular political concern, but neither side really wants to reopen the agreement itself. So through side letters or a kind of declaration by one side or an additional protocol or something you could add to the agreement, you try to clarify the intent of both sides and the intentions of the document without actually changing its terms. And that is the easiest thing for both sides to do. And the second possibility is a redraft of the political declaration. Can you tell us about that? That's right. That that would basically change the direction of talks on this future UK-EU relationship. At the moment, it's a bit of a hybrid. It has elements of a normal free trade agreement where the UK would eventually have its own independent trade policy. It has elements of a customs union, which is a closer relationship between the UK and the EU. And what it might become is something even closer that would see the UK remain part of the EU's single market and customs union, what they call the Norway Plus. And that might be able to bring round a majority in in Westminster between Brexiters who want to see a bit more economic continuity and Remainers who are worried by the direction of the original statement. The third option would be to resurrect old treaty drafts. Uh, How does that work? Well, many iterations of this negotiation. And back in October, there was a version of the withdrawal treaty that had a different structure. And this is particularly regarding a backstop plan for Northern Ireland. They could revert to one of these old structures that was actually rejected by Theresa May, the British Prime Minister. But now it might offer a bit more flexibility that some in MPs might prefer. It allows for a extension of Britain's transition, not just until 2022, but potentially beyond that, if there's joint agreement. That feels a bit like the Norway arrangement that some MPs like in Westminster. Um, And secondly, the customs union for the whole UK that is baked into the backstop in the current agreement could just be an option that would be negotiated after Brexit. And that would give 
Brexit as a bit of comfort because they worried that that customs union was going to be a trap that basically prevented Britain from having its own independent trade policy. Another option would be to actually just drop the backstop altogether. How would that work? That's the by far the most radical. You'd probably make a decisive difference in Westminster by taking the Northern Ireland issue and rather than having a fully formed, complete solution, this backstop plan, inside the withdrawal treaty, you'd turn it into something more like a process where the UK would make, in principle, commitments to avoid a hard border on the island of Ireland, and you'd have a process to eventually work out the arrangements for that that may well look a bit like the backstop, but wouldn't be in the treaty itself. That would obviously delight Brexiters who worry about the kind of constraints that are in the backstop at the moment, but it would be absolutely incendiary for the EU, for Ireland in particular. If the EU were to accept this, it would really break the kind of common front of unity that they've had through the negotiation. It would put Ireland's government under immense pressure at home, and it would leave open a question that the EU negotiators here are very much wanted settled in Britain's exit agreement. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today we'll be following what's next for Germany's Christian Democrats. Delegates of Chancellor Angela Merkel's party will gather at a party congress in Hamburg to vote for a new party leader. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back on Monday for all the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Eric Krupke, Fiona Simon, and Amy Keane. Our editor is Emilia Mahasik. Robert Trimsley is editorial director for the Financial Times. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business... Whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.